They're overrated. This guy's a future MVP. They need to blow it up. Pay this guy. The regular season matters. He's mediocre. Your opinion's wrong. Welcome to Mediocre Sport Opinion. Welcome to episode six of our podcast. Today we'll be going over the NFL week one, and I'm joined by... Hi, this is Thomas. How's everyone doing? And this is Parker. So, we're not going to go over the scores because you guys can go out there and look at them yourself. We're going to go over a few takeaways we got from week one of the NFL season. I'll let you go first on that, Thomas. Watching week one, my biggest takeaway was Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think maybe after his performance, I think he only threw one in completion. He might be the quarterback of the future for the Jaguars. He just was super efficient, moving the ball all around. They ran the ball well, and they were able to beat the Colts 27-20. Yeah, their secondary looked really well in that game. He had C.J. Henderson step up. He had three pass deflections in that game, and also Josh Jones had 12 tackles. I also believe C.J. Henderson had his first career interception. My takeaway from week one is the Browns still suck. They are not good. Baker Mayfield did not play well. They only scored six points. He threw an interception on the first drive. Yes, he did do that. But they were playing one of the tougher defense in the league, I would have to say, even though they do have a ton of weapons and everything. I'm still surprised on how bad they played. Expect them for at least to be a close matchup, but still, this Browns team just does not look good. My big takeaway of the week is that I think Adam Gay should be fired by week eight. The Jets just don't look motivated at all. They're coached by him. They just look unmotivated. Le'Veon Bell did horrible. He did get hurt. Then Gaze put him back in the game. Then he apologized for it. Sam Darnold's still struggling. He's not progressing at all. Two of their best players last year went off, and they're not on the Jets anymore. Jamal Adams was a monster in Seattle in his first game. Robbie Anderson had over 100 yards receiving. He's a bad locker room presence. Nobody really likes him. Nobody gets along with him. Yeah, the thing about Adam Gase is they signed Le'Veon Bell to this huge contract. He was supposed to energize that offense, and, and they just don't give him the ball enough or in the right ways. They don't. He doesn't get involved in the receiving game. Part of it is they're usually down 14, 21-ish points, probably by the first or second quarter, so there's not many touches there. But he just can't use his players effectively right now, and I think, like Aiden said, he needs to go quickly. He has power within the organization too, which is mind-boggling to me, how he was able to do that because he's really shown anything to be to earn that. No, he's like an 8-8 eight eight coach every year or he's a 6-10 and 10 coach every year. It's nothing, nothing he's done has shown that he deserves front office power like he does have with the Jets. One thing that we are going to do for this is after every week, we're going to give out some certain awards to players. So the two awards are the Pat McAfee Award, that's just if somebody did well, because why the fuck not? Pat McAfee's really good. And the second one's the Nathan Peterman Award. Just going to somebody who performed badly like Nathan Peterman did all the time. Or there's going to be one winner of each award, and it's decided by the group. And then we'll also list some honorable mentions in that as well. So the winner of our Pat McAfee Award for Week 1 is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. They just went off against the Vikings, just cooking that young secondary I want to say Adams had like 
13 or 14 receptions and 150 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. 14 receptions for 156 yards with two touchdowns. And Aaron Rodgers did look good. He had an Aaron Rodgers day, like, in the past. Last year, he didn't have to do that well. Yeah, he was 32 of 44 for 364 yards and four touchdowns. His passer rating for that game was also a 127.5, which was one of the top, I think, the second top in the league behind Russell Wilson, who also had a great, great first week. Another thing about that game was that the Vikings could never really – Cause pressure on Rodgers. Rodgers was in the pocket a lot, and he was able to find those open receivers. Yeah, like Aiden just said, I think that was kind of the key. The Vikings didn't give their young cornerbacks any time, or they gave Rodgers too much time, and eventually they're going to get beat. They're inexperienced, so that was a big disappointment for me watching the Vikings was their lack of pressure. I believe they only had two two pressures on Aaron Rodgers the whole game, which just isn't going to be good enough, especially with their secondary. And the game wasn't as close as the score suggests. It, the final score was 43-34, to 34, but the Vikings did score a very late touchdown with like 20 seconds left. Yeah, I think the turning point in that game was the safety. The Vikings had just come off a big stop on fourth down at the one-yard line. The first play, I think they got a couple yards back, so they're on like the third, and then they go with a questionable play call of a play-action pass. Alexander was expecting it, came right off the corner and sat Cousins. 7-5 game, Vikings are punting to them, and it was just game over from there, I think. All right, and then some honorable mentions that we do have. One of them, of course, was already mentioned, Gardner Minshew leading a comeback, making them win against the Colts. A lot of people thought the Jaguars would do really bad this year, but they're able to beat a team that people think could have a shot at winning the AFC South. Another honorable mention for that is Russell Wilson. He had a Russell Wilson-type game, 322 yards and four touchdowns, and the Seahawks just looked really good against the Falcons. Our last one, honorable mention here, is going to be the Washington football team D-line with eight sacks coming up in that game. That's a crazy number of sacks, I think, for the first week of the season. Yeah, the Phillies line was really bad, but Washington's line did show out. Chase Young had an immediate impact there, having one-and-a-half sacks. And Matt also, Kerrigan had two. Also, just mentioned like the Cardinals played really well this week, being the 49ers, and also the Saints were able to beat the Buccaneers in that prime time in that game on Fox. All right, next we'll move on to the Peterman Award. This award is given to the worst performance of the week, in our opinion, of course. Yes, of course. And the winner of that award is DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions. Lions had, a, I think, a 17-point lead, and the Bears came back, and the Lions were ready to take that one, but DeAndre Swift dropped the ball in the end zone to win the game, so he gets this week's Peterman Award. Yeah, he's right in the end zone, like 20 seconds left. If he would have caught that, it would have been 30-27 to instead of 27-23. He made Trubisky look really well in a comeback win. One thing I, I've noticed, though, with Trubisky, he always seems to play good against the Lions. For some reason, I don't know what it is. He's just always had uh, crazy stats when he plays them. Also an honorable mention for this award is Baker Mayfield. The Browns just played really bad. Baker played really bad. Threw an interception on the first drive. He was 21 for 39 with only 189 yards. His QBR rating was only a 33, which is really bad. And they just didn't come out and perform at all. The whole team played bad, the Browns. And then another honorable mention that we do have for this award 
is the Eagles. They blew a 17-0 lead to the Redskins. Just the offensive line could not protect Wentz. He was running around the whole day making mistakes. I think the Eagles are uh, an incredibly overrated team at this point. I don't think Wentz has what it takes to get them a playoff win or even to a championship. And I was just really disappointed in watching the Eagles this week. I thought they would definitely blow out the Washington football team, but they ended up blowing a 17-point lead and losing pretty badly. Oh, another honorable mention we have is just, we'll just say kicking in general. Randy Bullock missed that game when game tying field goal for the Bengals. It was only like a 33-yard kick. And also, guess Steven Guskowski played really bad in the Monday night game, but he was fortunate enough to make the game-winning field goal. Mm-hmm. If it were not for that game-winning field goal, he would have won this week's Peterman Award, but he did come up clutch and help the Titans win that game. So he's just an honorable mention. We're going to um, highlight America's Game of the Week, which was the Saints and Buccaneers. Of course, the Saints took that game, which was honestly pretty handily, I thought. They were by far the best team out there on the field in that game. Uh, their defense showed up. Uh, Tom Brady did not play well, in my opinion, throwing two picks. One, one was pick a pick six. six. It just was a not a good showing for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Mike Evans was held the only one reception the whole game. He was dealing with a hamstring issue, but still, I would expect him to get a lot more receptions during the year. Their run game was ineffective. They're trying to slowly progress Fournette into the offense, and then Jones just didn't really do that much for him. My takeaway from that game was just the discombobulation of the Buccaneers' offense. They have a lot of new pieces on it, and it's just going to, without training camp, without preseason, I think it's just going to take some time for them to kind of get used to each other get used to working on stuff, routes with Brady and everything. And I think eventually Rob Gronkowski is going to get it going a little bit more, but that was my takeaway from this game. And even when watching, I wouldn't say Drew Brees had a very good game. He was overthrowing some people on some pretty easy balls. He was only 18 for 30 and only had 160 yards. Yeah, and on that, uh, I don't know if you watched or saw the interview at the end of the game with uh, Brees or Peyton, but they both were saying how this was by far one of the worst games uh, Sean Payton's ever called and one of the worst games that uh, Drew Brees said he's ever played so they're definitely holding themselves to a high standard and I could see them coming back and absolutely demolishing their next opponent. Yeah and Michael Thomas didn't even play that well too. He only had three receptions for 17 yards even though he did get hurt at the end of the game. I thought it was interesting that Latavius Murray actually outwork, outworked Alvin Kamara in terms of carries. I think Murray had 15 and Kamara had 12 so Kamara obviously got the touchdowns in the end. He got a couple receiving, but I think that split carry thing is going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Saints are definitely a scary team. I think Tampa Bay will be back. They just need to mesh together better. The Buccaneers' defense did look improved, though, this game. They didn't play terrible. They gave up 34 points, but I thought overall they held the Saints pretty well. Now we're going to highlight some Week 2 games that we believe you guys should all watch. So the game I'm going to highlight is going to be the Falcons and Cowboys. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys respond after that loss on Sunday night to the Rams on a questionable call. The Falcons were also manhandled pretty much the whole time against the Seahawks, but I think they can definitely bounce back, and I think Julio can definitely take advantage of the Cowboys' secondary, and I think he could have a big game for him. 
The game that I kind of want to highlight is Chiefs-Chargers. The most intriguing part of that game for me is how the Chargers' solid defense is going to do against Patrick Mahomes in that offense. I think they have a good shot of maybe uh, reducing the amount of points that the Chargers can get, or Chiefs can get, and I think it's going to be a lot closer game than people think. They stack up well against the Chiefs. Yeah, the only question about the Chargers is really how are they going to score compared to, like their defense can help hold down the Chiefs a little bit, but still they need to score some points. I was shocked um, with the Chargers and they didn't get the ball to Austin Eckler as much as I thought they would. I yeah. thought he would be getting probably close to like 30 touches and I don't think he was anywhere near that. So I was kind of surprised he didn't get the ball more. He's definitely somebody who could be a mismatch nightmare in this game. Also, the wide receivers for the Chargers do match up well against that Chiefs secondary. I would expect them to pick on LeJarius Sneed like the Texans were trying to do. I think Keenan Allen and Mike Williams could definitely have a big game in this one. I believe the game we should watch this week is the Sunday night game. The Seattle Seahawks and New England Patriots. Uh, the way Cam Newton came out week one, I was really surprised that and thought that he did very well coming on to play the Seattle Seahawks defense, which actually did pretty well week one, I thought, even though he did give up some yards. Jamal Adams did have a very good game there, and I just think if Cam Newton can come out and perform the way he did, even how the Patriots team kind of lines up, that they might have a chance at taking the Seahawks. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game. I think Russell Wilson's going to have a big day for him. I think he's going to be the leading MVP candidate this year, and I think he's going to prove that in this game. Yeah, we also have two of the better coaches of all time in Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. So they're going to, of course, both scheme against each other, and it's just going to be a good, well-played game, I think. Yeah, I think Jamal Abs could be all over the field. I think he might line he might line up near the line of scrimmage more to help uh, prevent Cam from running wild. So I think he could definitely have a big game in this game. Will Gilmore be on Metcalf or Lockett? I would put him on Lockett. Okay, yeah. I would put him on Lockett. I think Lockett's dangerous still because DK can still have his drops and stuff like that. I would put Gilmore on Lockett, but I don't think they're going to like stick him on Lockett. He'll probably guard both of them. So now we're all just going to give some score predictions for the primetime games this week. So on Thursday, you have the Bengals and Browns. So for this game, I have Joe Burrow winning his first game, winning against the Browns 17-13. to I think it's going to be a pretty boring game. I think Joe Burrow's going to be able to pull it out, and I think Baker Mayfield's going to struggle in this game. I have the Browns beating the Bengals 21-17. I don't think the Browns are going to allow a loss to this Bengals team with the way they came out and played last week. Head coach uh, Kevin Stefanski is just not going to accept the way they played, and they're going to put in a good week of practice, and I think they're going to take this one against an inexperienced Bengals team. I here have the Bengals beating the Browns with a score of 17-10. I don't think it's going to be a super high-scoring game because both of these teams, I personally think, are not the greatest. But I think the Bengals are going to be kind of mad about losing with a field next week, so they're going to want to at least keep doing that out of the Bengals. But these Browns team, it wouldn't surprise me if they do end up doing something spectacular here because they have all these weapons, but... I just don't see it happening because it's the Browns. One quick thing I wanted to say is I think the NFL needs to start improving their Thursday night football game matchups. I think we've seen in the past that a lot of these matchups are against teams that no one really wants to watch play. So I just ask the NFL to please improve their Thursday night schedule.
Okay, and so for the next game, we're going to talk about the Patriots and Seahawks. In this game, I have the Seahawks winning 27-18. to 18. For me, I have the Seahawks scoring 42. I have the Patriots scoring 28. I think Russell Wilson's going to carve up the Patriots' defense. They're missing some players that opted out. I just think he's going to have a really good game against them. Uh, I also have the Seahawks winning this game, going scoring 45 points because the way Russell Wilson played, I believe he can do it again and do it better. I think he's going to be the leading MVP candidate, like Aiden thinks. This Patriots, their defense is kind of weak here, even with Stephon Gilmore. But other than that, I don't know really who else they have. And the Seahawks definitely have the personnel to contain Cam running the ball. Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner will be all over the field that whole game. Like Aiden said, I do think we'll see Cam Newton struggle a little bit more than he did against the Dolphins. I think that was kind of a weaker matchup for him, and he exploited it. But I think the Seahawks are going to be able to game plan for him better and shut him down. And finally, we have the Saints and Raiders of the Monday night game. I have the Saints winning 32-24 to over the Raiders. I believe the Saints just have a better well-rounded team after coming off the win last week, showing everyone that they beat Tom Brady in his new home, that they're kind of on this high horse. I don't think they want to get off of it yet. I have the Saints also beating the Raiders at 38-24. I just don't think the Raiders are quite up to the Saints' level at this point. They have a lot of work to do, and Drew Brees isn't going to let them. the Saints lose a Monday night game. Yeah, for this game, I have it actually being pretty close. I have the Saints winning 23-17. to the reason I have it being close is I think the Raiders will dominate the time of possession during the game. I think they're just going to pound the rock a lot, and they want to control the pace of the game and limit the amount of snaps. Drew Brees is on the field. Josh Jacobs did look really good last week, so expect him to get similar volume. All right, so that's going to pretty much wrap it up for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Hope you tune into the games this upcoming week. Also, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Mediocre Sports Opinions. And remember, your opinion doesn't matter. Yes, it does.